With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. All right, Ian, training camp has officially started, and we are back to talking about actual football, which is nice because we spend an entire offseason talking about not talking about football. So um, we get to talk about football with the start of training camp. No more hypotheticals or traversing back to things that we wanted to happen that didn't happen, but unfortunately, we still talked about. Right, or or we don't have to ask like, what if, or if you would rather something, or if you member something. We don't have to do those things. Correct. Now we're just going to either overreact or severely overreact about what's happened the first five days of Broncos training camp. Yeah, because it's overreaction season. 
that's that's I think that's a good way to to put that as well. It's definitely overreaction season, but we um we're gonna try and temper that overreaction. I think I think you and I are pretty good at uh, recognizing when it's time to to get excited and and maybe overdo a little bit, and then when it's time to to rein that in. And I feel like the start of training camp is really the time to to rein it in. Um, just just because of what you see from everybody else in Broncos country on the Twitterverse. But we're still going to be emotional because that's the way we are. We just we, we yeah, we're emotional beings. It's yeah. what it's what that's how we've interacted and communicated for over twenty years. Oh my god, we just don't drink as much anymore. No, not yet at least. Um, and if you think we're emotional now, you should have seen it when we were drinking. Maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe that's or not. <laughs> you shouldn't. You're lucky you didn't see it. Is probably that's probably really the point. Um, but but anyway, I digress and, and whatnot. We did actually have uh, last our last show. We had Andrew Mason on, uh, and Mace is uh, fantastic. Follow him on Twitter at Mace Denver. All your Broncos stuff is is. I mean, he's a great resource to know what's going on. And, and we were lucky enough to have him on to preview camp, and and he talked about a few things that I think uh, were interesting that I that we kind of want to circle back to, just because. In the first five days, we've seen some things that sort of play into what he was talking about. Number one on the list is Devontae Bosby, who was his fourth cornerback at the end of training camp. And as it stands now, he is right there as the fourth cornerback because I think your two cornerbacks are obviously Chris Harris Jr. and Bryce Callahan. And Bryce Callahan has had a phenomenal camp and he's playing outside. He hasn't been playing in the slot the first five days. So to do what he's been able to do in a position that he didn't really play in Chicago shows you the belief that Fangio and defensive coordinator at Donatel have in Bryce Callahan and in his ability to play outside. Isaac Yadam has had a very, very strong camp, and I think he's going to be the number three cornerback. And then Devontae Bosby is the number four cornerback. Both Yadam and Bosby have had very, very good starts to, to training camp the first five days. And that it ties into what Mace predicted. He said that Devontae Bosby would be the number four cornerback. Right. And the other the other side of that, or the, the other guy to talk about there, is Isaac Yadam just because of the concerns that a lot of people had about his uh, sort of about his first year in the league and, and what he looked like uh, maybe unfairly, maybe fairly, I don't know, but, but to see his progression and then to add Bosby to that and, and to have those four guys look like they, they do the secondary was a big question coming into training camp. And while we're only five days in five practices into training camp, that does look like a, that looks like a, a group that, that can be successful at an NFL level with guys like Chris Harrison and Bryce Callahan leading the way, obviously. But then that back end secondary group has to has to contribute in a positive way. And Mays talked about Devontae Bosby. Isaac Yadam is a guy that that had some question marks. First five days, maybe those question marks are starting to disappear, and and those guys are are going to step up. And I also think that the safety position is turning into a strength for this defense because you obviously have Justin Simmons, but Kareem Jackson has been at safety the first five days of training camp. 
and that allows Will Parks to come in and be your dimebacker. So you have three guys who can play safety now who have had very good camp, very, very I wouldn't say very good camps, but they've, they've had strong starts to the Broncos training camp and Broncos preseason. And I think, as you mentioned, the, the secondary was a, was a bit of a question mark coming in to the season and through the first five days of camp, while you don't want to overreact, it's turning it, it it's looking like something that can be a strength for this defense again. And I don't want to call it the no fly zone too. I want to call it the mile high hit squad so that it ties into the Godfather and Italiano references going on with this coaching staff. That might be fun. You know, the other name, <laughs> I just, I'll let you have it. The other name uh, that, that I'm going to plop out there and expect to perform. Hey, hey, hey. You snuck that in. I did. I did. Uh, is Sua Cravens. You you and I were talking before we hit the record button, and uh, you, you mentioned Sua Cravens. I saw he had a, an interception, I think it was day three. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he seems to be contributing as well, and he was also a, a, a question mark heading into camp. And in the first few days, he looks like a guy who um, is, is feeling a lot more comfortable with his role on the team. Looks like a different player, and I don't want to tie that directly to – a different system and different coaches, but I, I think it's definitely a part of it. He just looks like a different player. He looks confident. He looks like someone who has it figured out. He still needs to do more. He needs to continue to be consistent and maybe even flash a little bit more, but let's see what, let's see what comes the first preseason game. And then the second preseason game, if he's able to, to carry over this consistency and, he, and flash even more because I think as great as it is to see the guys on the field again and, and starting to see them put the pieces together, especially defensively of what the system is going to look like and what the defense is going to potentially look like, we're going to get a very we're going to get our best indicator yet come the first and second preseason games of what of where the defense stands at this point and what it could potentially be. And I, it always goes back to that, that saying about how the defense is always ahead of the offense at this point in training camp, especially early. And that's definitely the case. I, I think that's, there's no one who would argue that the defense or that the offense is behind or ahead of the defense, so to speak. The defense is definitely ahead of the offense, but one thing that I that I want to get out there is that, and it, it comes from Von Miller's interview interview on NFL Network on Monday after the practice on Tuesday when they had a day off, and he said something that I think we all need to really grab a hold of, and that's on one day you want the offense to do well, and then on the next day you want the defense to respond and do better and then it it keeps going back and forth and i think through the first five days of training camp that's been the case for the broncos there have been days that the offense has flashed and then the next day they haven't done as well i think the perfect example that is sunday to monday on sunday it, it seemed like flacco and the offense was starting to get it figured out the timing was coming along they were flashing they were making plays the other quarterbacks were able to do the same and then come monday whether it was because of the drops or because of 
the different looks that Fangio and the defense were throwing at the offense that was confusing Flacco and the other quarterbacks. It was one of those sluggish performances that's going to happen over the course of training camp. But I think what Von Miller said is how everyone needs to look at training camp. Instead of a 30-inch view of what's going on, take a 30,000-foot view and try to take it all in, take all aspects of it, and not get too carried away. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, you have to imagine, especially putting in a new system, I think the defense, while while it is a new system for the defense, there's some cohesion there with a group that's been together, for the most part, for, for a few, few years now. Uh, you know, there's always those new guys like Bosby and, and Callahan and Jackson that we talked about and some of the other guys that you'll see, but not not as much to make a huge difference. But the offense is getting a, a completely new look, and that, that happens with the change in quarterback. It happens with change in offensive coordinator. It happens with the change in head coach. So the offense is completely different than it was the year before, and so it's going to take a while for those guys to mesh. And so that sort of back and forth that, that Von Miller talked about that you're talking about now is – something that you you will see but you may not see it as much I think uh, until later in camp just because it'll take a little while for the offense to get together uh, and and build that chemistry that you were just talking about and and that timing that is oh so important to this type of offense so uh, it'll be interesting to see how long that takes and if they can pull those things together but just knowing that like Von Miller's out there saying well you want that back and forth and that you're seeing that at camp that's definitely something that, that makes you feel good about the direction that things are going. Totally agree with you. And I, I think one thing that that's been fun to watch at least the three days that I've been out at camp is to have a quarterback who can make all the throws. And that's Joe Flacco. And we I you haven't really seen seen him sling it. 60 yards yet that hasn't really been a requirement yet but it, it it's fun to see a quarterback who can make all the throws and doesn't get too high doesn't get too low he's joe cool and i i'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do in the games and when he gets emmanuel sanders back that's something that we have to keep in mind for all these team drills is that he hasn't had emmanuel sanders and I think that's going to be that. That's a big piece of the puzzle that's missing, at least through the first five days of team drills or seven on nine or whatever it is the drill that they're doing against the defense. Is Emmanuel Sanders hasn't been there, but I, I, I'm excited to see what Joe Flacco and this offense looks like when they go against another defense. I I want to see what Scangarello is able to do with Freeman and Lindsey. I want to see what he's able to do with Noah Fant and some of the tight ends. One guy to keep an eye on come preseason is Austin Fort from Wyoming. He's pretty much caught everything that's been thrown his way over the course of camp, and he's going to make the tight end decision very difficult. So I, I, I'm i really looking forward to seeing what Flacco in this offense looks like against another defense. And even if Flacco doesn't play against the Falcons in the first preseason game, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see what this offense looks like. I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is going to be elite, but it's going to be fun to watch this offense. I think. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I like that. The, the other thing, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Mace and, and Ryan Edwards on um, their their podcast that they do, the Broncos Audio Zone, which is, uh, it's a it's a good place to go and get your get your daily fix for some of the stuff that's going on at camp, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. And uh, they were talking about the the difference between Joe Flacco and Case Keenum that they thought was was interesting, and this was something that Ryan brought up. Um, and and I guess I'd be curious to know what your take on it is. It looks like uh, like last year with with Case, it looked like he was coming out and trying to prove something. He was I was trying to sling it. He was trying to trying to make big plays. He was trying to trying to trying to prove something about being the number one guy and and how it was his job. Whereas Joe Flacco doesn't do that. He seems to go out there. He has a, a sort of a routine that he goes through. He has certain throws that he's trying to make. He has certain reads that he's trying to make. And then beyond that, he's really not looking to do more than, than is necessary. And I'm just curious if, if that's something that you have seen as well, just having listened to that and heard that and, and wondering if that's something you've noticed. Absolutely. I, I think it was Ryan O'Halloran with the Denver Post who said that he just goes out and is methodical. He he has his routine, as, as Ryan said, and he just I think each day he has certain things that he wants to work on. And I think a big a big issue with any quarterback in a new offense with new receivers is timing. And there are certain asks well, there are certain times in drills where you can see that come to fruition with Cortland Sutton, especially and even Deshaun Hamilton, where the timing is a little bit off. And I think once they get into the games, that's where they're going to be able to to get the, get those ironed out. But I totally agree with Ryan. Flacco is just, he's methodical. He knows what he wants to work on each day. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He just goes out and does his job. It may not always be perfect. It wasn't perfect with any other quarterback but he just goes out and he does his job doesn't do too much doesn't and you can see that in each individual drill where he he brings he, he takes what's given to him right and there are certain I, I mean there that's not to say that there aren't things that he's going to have to improve on or get better one thing that i would like to see is especially on seven on seven to not scramble as much that's when you that's when you want to take the risk because you want to start to create that you want to create that uh, when you're in that when you're in that situation you want to create that re- repetitive nature where you've been there and done it so you know if you're in a similar position in a game that well I've been here we did it on 7 on 7 and instead of running I took a risk so yeah. you just you want to give yourself different tools to have on your tool belt as a quarterback. So that's one thing that I would like to see him not do as much as is tuck it and run, because there are, there are times where I just take the risk, try to th- try to throw it into that tight to that tight angle. But it, it I yes. To, to make the, <laughs> yeah. the long yes. the, the long answer <laughs> right. short, I totally agree with Ryan. It, it's it's been an interesting dynamic to see it between what Case Keenum was like last year and then Flacco this year. Well, and I, th- I think that probably has a lot to do with a guy who, um, in, in Case Keenum's 
situation was trying to prove something versus Joe Flacco, who, I mean, quite frankly, he doesn't really have anything to prove to anybody. And that's kind of uh, an interesting position to be in, that he is he's a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. Uh, he's, he's led a team for, you know, he's been the number one quarterback on a team for his entire career. Now he's just coming to a different team, and and that's yes, he has some things to prove, but it's a, it's a different, it's just a different, you know, background for him than than Case Keenum had when he came in to try and take over as the Broncos' starting quarterback, and and I think that that's something that should actually be a positive that people are excited about because you know he's not going to go in there and, and try and do too much. He's going to do what he knows he can do. It's an interesting point you make, though, about him tucking and running. I wonder if maybe that's something he's been working on, though, being a little more mobile or, or maybe, you know, today during seven-on-sevens, if I see an opening, I'm going to go versus try and make the throw. I, not not to say that, that that is what he's working on. I'm just be curious. I'd love to be inside his head on that situation. The thing that's interesting, and I, I, I know there are people who think that he's not mobile, but he actually is a quarterback who can be successful on bootlegs, and he has the arm and the arm strength to make throws off of a bootleg. I think that's one of the things that I've picked up on the games that I watched him in Baltimore where he would chuck and pray, is when he gets out of the pocket, he can sling it anywhere on the field. Even if, I mean, a la John Elway, where he would go across his field, if he was on the right side of Old Mile High going south, if he was on the right side by the Broncos' old sideline, he could sling it across his body to the left side of the field. Joe Flacco can can make that kind of throw. He can get out of the pocket and make throws off of the bootleg. So I, that's, that's an interesting aspect of it. I wonder if that's something that Scangarello and, and T.C. McCartney, the new quarterback's coach, have, have talked about. So it, it's just... I, I want to see what the offense looks like against another defense. And I think that's something else that people need to keep in mind is if the offense is struggling, remember who they're going against. They're <laughs> going against a defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. And he has two edge guys and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And what's interesting is the quips from Fangio. I mean, he was asked about the interceptions from Kevin Hogan. And he's like, well, why can't that just be a compliment to the defense? Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, it is, that's an interesting point to make. And I think that it's, it's funny that it's, it's Vic Fangio who's making it, but it's like, you know, yeah, the quarterback struggled, but how about we compliment how well the defense played on that? Maybe it's not the quarterback's fault. Obviously there, there is some blame there, but you got to give credit where credit's due. And I think that that's a situation with this defense the offense is going against a defense that, for all intents and purposes, is, is one of the top defenses in the NFL and has the potential to, to get back to being one of the best defenses in the National Football League in, in the next season. So, uh, you know, again, we kind of go back to that sort of temper your excitement, temper your concern. You know, we, we're only five practices into, the, into training camp. There's really nothing uh, to get too over the top about. Um, but uh, but that being said, and talking about how good the defense is, I, I want to again circle back to a conversation that we had with Mace on, on the last podcast and, and talk about one of the things that he said regarding Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Because I, saw, I, I talked about it earlier in the offseason and was maybe a little bit 
over the top with my prediction, and it wasn't necessarily a prediction, but I did say it. Um, but he, I felt a little validated when he talked about Bradley Chubb and Von Miller combining for 32 sacks. The number he gave was immediate, too, when we were talking to him. It was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, 32 sacks. And, and then he said, and I don't know how they're going to get it, but it's going to be close, something like 18-14, and it could be Bradley Chubb who has the most. It was really interesting to hear him talk about that. And now to hear you talk about what you're seeing at camp and how well they're playing, uh, that's kind of cool. And I think a lot of it ties into Fangio repeatedly, consistently saying anytime he's asked about Von Miller, it's one thing he can do better. That's all he says. Anytime he's asked about Von Miller, he can do better. Because he wants to continue to serve as that motivation. And I think you're seeing that now because Von Miller is talking about the all-time sack record currently held by Bruce Smith. So I think the two are tied together. And I think he real I think Von Miller realizes as good as he has been, he can be even better. And Vic Fangio is the coach, and he has the system to make it happen. And what should whet everyone's appetite who is listening to this is on Friday, there was a team drill where Von Miller wrecked all by himself. On back-to-back plays, he would have had sacks. That's on the second day of practice, and he's already doing that. And he and Chubb have consistently done that over the course of practice through the first five days of camp. I wonder, this is, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to word this so that it's not an insult, but it's, it's, and I don't even know that it's insulting, but it's really kind of an interesting question because I do feel like over the last couple of years, the coaching staff, Vance Joseph, they all, would at times not necessarily – I don't want to say take shots because I don't think that's what they were doing, but they would say similar things about Von Miller. He can, you know, he can play better. He can be better. He can do better. But it wasn't taken with the same. Like you, you list, you hear the quotes from Vic Fangio. And by you, I mean the royal you. We all do, and and the thought is, yes, he can do better, and that's motivating, and that's why Von Miller is is going to be better. But. Other coaches have said that to him. Other coaches have said that in the media, that he can be better or that he can do better or, or he can be more successful. You know, not necessarily in a good way or a bad way, just the words have been out there. And his reaction to it and our reaction to it has always been, you can't talk about Von Miller that way. Von Miller's great. Don't talk about Von Miller like that. And now you hear it from Vic Fangio and you go, yeah, he can be better and that's motivating. You know, and I'm with you on that. Do you think that's just a, a, a matter of who it's coming from? Or is it just a, a change in the understanding of what he can be as a football player? I just am curious. Like That just seems like it, it should be an obvious statement to be able to make as a head coach. But this is really the first head coach that he's had that I think has been able to say that and people have agreed with it. And that ties into a quote that Peter King, now with NBC Sports, and he used to be with Sports Illustrated for – a long time he did an interview with Vic Fangio and it, it was on this specific subject of Von Miller and Fangio told Peter King this quote players want the truth Joe Madden the Chicago Cubs manager 
told me, if I tell the truth to a player and he doesn't like it, he's going to be mad at me for a couple days. If I lie to the player and he figures that out, he's going to be mad at me forever. I don't. I, I think that is the best way that I have ever heard a way for a coach to interact with his players. If you tell the truth, yeah, they might be mad at you for a couple of days. But if you lie to them and they find out, they'll be mad at you forever because the trust is broke. And I think the thing that, that makes it coming, it's not just who it's coming from in Vic Fangio, because obviously he has a track record. You're you're gonna you're gonna listen to a guy like Vic Fangio before you listen to a guy like Vance Joseph. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. Vic right. Fangio has been around that. and coached longer in the NFL than Vance Joseph, and he's had more success. But I think the thing that makes it so impactful is how sincere it is, because Fangio believes it. He wouldn't continue to say it if he didn't believe it. Well, and I think and that's I, that's the good that's the point you're, that that you have to make there. He's not just saying it to say it; he's saying it because he believes it. And when you say something like that, and you're just saying it to say it because you because you know you're supposed to, like it's almost like there are times in in the, the last few years where you'd hear something and it was it felt like it was being said because you know the old nuke Lelouch. Well, these are the things you're supposed to say to the media. You know, it's all just this is what it's supposed to sound like. Whereas when Fangio speaks you can tell that behind those words is an actual belief in the words that he's saying. He doesn't just say things because he thinks that's what he's supposed to say. He's saying them because he knows that that's what he believes. And he said it from the second he was hired as head coach. So it's been a consistent theme with Fangio since he was hired in January. Whereas, as you said, with Vance Joseph and Joe Woods, it was more of a reactionary uh, it was reactionary instead of being proactive so think about it the one the, the one time that comes to mind when when Vance Joseph criticized Vaughn Miller was because of the repeated jumping off sides penalties well yeah but when you do that then you're going to put your foot in your mouth and say well he's not really that good at it even if that's not what you say, that's going to be how it's interpreted. And if P- and if we're going to interpret it that way, the guy you're saying it to is going to interpret it that way. So it defeats the purpose of what you really wanted to do. So your messaging gets lost in translation, whereas there's no way to lose Fangio's translation in any of this. He wants you to be better. Yeah, you've been good. You've been really good. You can be even better. And here's what makes me even more fired up. He didn't say it, but I have the system that will make you better. Right. I, th- I think that's that right there is the other key to this. It's not just that Von Miller has the skill set and the ability and, and you know the strength and power and speed and quickness and all those things that, that he can be good, he can be great, he can be better than he is right now. But then on top of that, Vic Fangio has a track record, you're right, of making guys better, making making his players 
perform at a higher level than they ever had in any other time in their careers. And so that that right there is confidence building in and of itself. And so then to hear Mace talk about, just to kind of bring it back to the original conversation, to, to hear Mace talk about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb possibly combining for 32 sacks or or maybe even more than that, and it being split somewhere down the middle, you're you're thinking, you know, maybe maybe 16-16 or 15-17 or something like that. You're talking about two guys that could essentially wreck an entire game every week. You know, and I thought that that was a really interesting point that that Mace made, but then to to hear the coaching staff and especially Vic Fangio talk about Von Miller being one of those guys that can be better than he is already and then hear Von Miller talk about wanting to break the sack record and and be better than he is and and accept that challenge all of those things sort of come about and you and and that is something that five days into training camp you can get excited about that you can you can sort of get pumped up about that and that I don't think that's an overreaction I think that's just a good feeling you can have about where the defense is, about where the best player on the team is, because that's what Von Miller is, and about what the what the impact that he is going to have is going to be along with Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel and what they're trying to do with the defense. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think the other important aspect to the Orange Rush and what Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are able to do is how successful the offense is. If Joe Flacco and Rich Scangarello are able to get this offense figured out, that's only going to benefit Von Miller and Bradley Chubb even more. Because if they're able to get a lead and they're able to get up on teams, that's when Bradley Chubb and Von Miller will be able to eat. And I, that's what's, as I said early in the podcast, I, 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 I cannot wait to see what Flacco on this offense looks like against another defense. Like I said, I'm, I don't think Flacco will be – I'm not saying he'll be elite. I'm not saying that the offense will be like it was with Peyton Manning. But I think one thing to keep in mind when we're comparing and looking at the quarterback situation, like with comparing – looking at Keenum and Flacco, I think we've said this on prior podcasts. I look at Flacco coming into Denver just like Peyton Manning coming in from Indianapolis – not to say that Joe Flacco was going to be Peyton Manning, but I think they're in similar situations where the teams that they were with didn't think they had it anymore. And they eventually ended up getting a first-round quarterback at different levels of the first round. But they're coming in, and people said that they can't do it any. They don't think they can do it different scenarios. Peyton Manning had neck surgery. Joe Flacco got hurt and they gave the job to Lamar Jackson. But I think it's similar. I think those two situations are very similar and it can be a big motivating factor despite what Joe Flacco has said over the course of the offseason. No, I agree. That is a, a very good point that 
whenever a guy is, um, you know, sort of moved on, right? When when the when the team says we're going to go a different direction, there is there there is a couple different directions a guy can go, and one of them is to be more motivated and to and to actually come in and uh, have a big impact and, and and be better than people thought he could be. And I think we saw that with Peyton Manning in a, in a in a way that changed his career and and sort of the outcome of his career and his legacy in the NFL in ways that are really immeasurable and something that will never really be matched. I don't think we're asking that of Joe Flacco as fans. If if you're a fan asking Joe Flacco to come in and do what what Peyton Manning did, you're you're just not really being realistic. But as a fan, you can look at that and and be excited that Joe Flacco does have uh, that same motivation, that same, you know, cliched chip on the shoulder, right? But that idea that hey, I have, I still have, I still have it in me, and I'd like to prove that. And he does that in 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 a way that is maybe a little more low key, maybe a little a little less. Um, they're not breaking any offensive records. I'll put it that way. But if if the Broncos' offense can be middle of the road, maybe, you know, top top twelve to fifteen, that's an offense that can keep them in games and and then the defense if the defense can do what it looks like it can do now you're talking about a team that actually has the ability to compete in the AFC West the ability to compete in the AFC in general and and get into the playoffs and and make a run you know I don't I don't want to make any predictions and I don't want to get too excited but but the pieces seem to be there the question is are they in place yet and I think that's the key with this with this team and with Joe Flacco, just get in the playoffs. It doesn't matter where you're ranked because, or where you play, because Joe Flacco has shown not to bring back bad memories, <laughs> but he has proven that he can win on the road. And there's a certain place that he can win and has shown he can win that most people can't. That's in Foxborough. He has two wins in the playoffs against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and it should have been three, but the defense in 2014 kind of fell apart. But all you have to do if you're the Broncos is get into the playoffs. I said this on a recent podcast. The quarterback with the most postseason road wins in NFL history with seven is Joe Flacco. Cool, Joe. Joe cool that's good that's that, that should make you feel good there Broncos country um, all right so now they had the day off today which is Tuesday um, they had five five practices and then the day off and now we're gonna kind of look ahead a little bit what is it that we should be well first of all how are you gonna be able to get out to, to any more training camp how many more days are you gonna be out there what's your what's your schedule look like with that and then on top of that what are you gonna be looking for what are the things that you're gonna focus on when you are there if you're there. So I only have two more allotted days to cover it as a member of the media. If I can get out during the week or on the weekend, I I might try to make it work. So I'm not entirely sure. So it'll be at least two. In terms of what I want to hear or see happen, I just want to see both sides of the ball continue to make progress. Try to get better each day. And that's going to be difficult for the offense going against this defense because, as we said earlier, as Von Miller said, 
from each day to day, whichever unit did the best the day before, the next one that didn't do as well should do well the next day. So it should be a back and forth. And it has been a back and forth. And it hasn't even just been a back and forth from day to day. It's been from drill to drill. There have been times where the offense has just been completely blah. And then on the next team drill, like the number one offense, and Flacco comes out and he's like three for three. So just continue to show improvement. Just get better each day. And one thing that's really stood out over the first five days of camp, aside from the no music, which I, I know some people make a big deal out of, I don't, and I, I don't think you do either. No, I'm not. I mean, music is fine, but it's also not necessary. It's just how efficient Vic Fangio's practices are. I made the point on Sunday that there is not a wasted movement drill anything on the practice field there is a point to all of it and i what really stood out is on sunday before they did any positional positional group work is they anyone who could potentially play special teams so that obviously rules out quarterbacks and the starting receivers and then von miller and bradley chubb (laughs) and offensive line Anyone else who could play special teams took part in the drill. So even if they never do it, if they have to, they know how to do it. And I, to me, that just spoke volumes about death by inches and how they're going to do the little things. The Broncos are going to know how to do the little things. Because as that old saying goes, when you do the little things, the big things take care of themselves. And I, I think that that's indicative that that drill to lead off Sunday's practice with all of them doing the special teams work is indicative to that. Nice. I like that. Heading into uh, the Hall of Fame game, which should be fun to watch guys that you won't normally get to watch because none of the starters will probably play. Uh, but it sounds like things have, have gotten off to a good start at Broncos training camp, and it'll be it'll be fun to see where things go from here. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.